tonight's message, we're talking about the sons of God, the sons of God, and more specifically, understanding uh, the markings of a true son of God, as well as understanding uh, the difference <laughs> between the sons of God and the sons of the devil or the sons of Belial. Amen. So we're going to uh, we're going to make a clear distinction here tonight. Um, the Lord told me at the beginning of this uh, podcast that I was to uh, come and define the difference between religion and the kingdom of God. And also <clears throat> more more uh, specifically this year uh, that our uh, our uh, um, uh, I would say mode for the year. I know a lot of people like to give a, a, uh, a, what do you call it? A theme for their year. Lots of churches like to do that. We used to do that at our churches, uh, in our church. And, um, they like to give a theme of the year. Well, this year, 2021, the Lord told me concerning the people that I am um, teaching on the podcast that we are to, uh, get that this was the year, right? For us to get knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Uh, the Bible says that with all our with all our getting, we are to get a good understanding and that wisdom is the principal thing. Amen. Wisdom is the principal thing. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And Hosea 4, 4 and 6 says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So there you have it again. So um, he, he said, don't theme uh, the year like you, like most uh, traditional people do, um, just understand that this is the year that I want my people to get knowledge. I want them to get wisdom. I want them to get understanding, get a good understanding so that when we see things happening out here, we won't be uh, we won't be confused. We won't be moved. We will be able to discern between the real and the fake. Amen. We'll be able to discern between the true gospel and the true doctrine of Jesus Christ versus the false doctrines that are uh, of this of this day. Um, and so God wants his people to have discernment. He says to believe not every spirit, but to try the spirit, not by the spirit, but try the spirit to see whether they be of God. Well, how can you try a spirit to see whether it be of God if you don't know what, if you don't know God or you don't know his word, which is him. Amen. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Amen. So we have to know the word. We have to know the scriptures. Second Timothy 2.15, Apostle Paul said to study, to show yourself approved unto God, uh, unto who? Unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. So that's what we're going to be doing here tonight. And, um, um, I just want to uh, welcome everyone once again. There's some comments here. Let's see who this this is, Brother Robert. He says, good evening, Sister Shelley. Welcome, Brother Robert. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, he said, Facebook froze up, so I moved to YouTube on my tablet. Oh, God bless you. Thank you so much just for being here, you know, just for being here, be, be it tablet or otherwise, YouTube or otherwise. Thank you so much. So if you guys are having trouble with Facebook, um, just move over to YouTube. We are live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook. If you have an Instagram page, we are live also on Instagram under Divinity Life um, Podcast, Divinity Life Podcast, or I think, yeah, Divinity Life Podcast. It's here on the screen. So everything is there on the screen for you at the bottom. 
of the screen. Uh, this is the Divinity Life podcast. Um, the title of this uh, this show or this series uh, series because I do many uh, many projects here. Um, but tonight is another episode of of This Is Kingdom, and we're talking about the sons of God. The website is there at the bottom. I am If you would like to look for other uh, other uh, content, or if you would like. Uh, other things such as deliverance, etc. Um, you can go there to find, <coughs> excuse me, all of that information, prayer, etc., uh, bookings and things of that nature. Um, if you're interested in having me speak, etc. Uh, also, the social media platforms are there listed for you at the bottom. Divinity Life on YouTube, Divinity Life Podcast, excuse me, on YouTube, IG, and Divinity Life on Facebook. Amen. Um, so I would like for you guys to uh, make sure that uh, you um, give the video a thumbs up um, to show if you like the videos, if you like the, uh, if you are learning or receiving something from the content that I am uh, releasing here. And also uh, to leave a comment, you know, uh, we're family. So, you know, you can talk back to me. It's okay. You can even help me preach the word. It's okay. You know, I really appreciate that. And also subscribe um, uh, if you're not subscribed. Uh, I know that uh, uh, last time I, last time it, the thing said like 40% of the people who watch are not subscribed. So make sure you subscribe uh, so you never miss a video. Um, and uh, all you have to do is this That's all you got to do, you guys. That's all you got to do. Make sure you hit the bell notification next to the video, next to the subscribe button, so you never miss a video. You you always be notified, and um, share the video with someone who needs it. Amen. Let's like, comment, and share to spread the truth everywhere. <laughs> Amen. So that's what we do over here. So now that we have all of that, I want to welcome also those who will be listening by way of podcast. I'm behind a few a few episodes on uploading over there, but they are still getting episodes. So, you know, um, uh, I'm, I'm rejoicing that uh, the new podcasting platform, um, Buzzsprout, they uh, gave me a gift in order to switch over and everything like that. A very generous a little gift. So I'm really grateful for that. And uh, this past month, my first uh, month, um, my first month with them, um, I'm already at a thousand downloads over there. So that's very, very good. I, you know, I rejoice in that. You know what I'm saying? It may not be much to, to other people and other podcasts, but for me, you know, it's 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 a victory. Amen. It's a victory because I know the word is getting out to every uh, to others uh, throughout the the world. People are watching from all over the world, other countries, etc. And uh, lots more views on my last platform. You know, they say I can transfer those over, not views, but downloads. They say I can transfer them over somehow. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm going to try to figure out how to do that because um, that's going to help. Um, as well. So yeah, I don't want to bore you guys with that. The, the, you know, you're probably like, uh, okay, enough of the, uh, enough of the, um, mechanics of it all. Sister Shelly, let's get to the word, right? <laughs> so we're going to get to the word. All right. So, uh, Father, we just want to welcome your, your presence here tonight. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here and that you are already 
um, moving in the midst, Heavenly Father, that you are already preparing hearts. I thank you, Father God, that you're already unstopping uh, the ears of your people, O oh Lord, and that you are here uh, to shine your light and to open the blinded eyes uh, tonight, Heavenly Father. Jesus opened the eyes of the blind. He was he, he healed the sick. He opened the eyes of the blind. And so that's what we need you to do here tonight, to open the eyes of the blind, to give sight to those who cannot see, to give strength to them that are that are, are weak in their journey, Father God. Perhaps they have been poisoned by false doctrine, and this is what is weakening the flock. And so we pray tonight, Father God, that you um, would bring healing, that you would bring restoration, that you would bring sight for spiritual foresight and perception, that you will open the eyes of our understanding tonight in Jesus' mighty name, that your word will walk up and down and have free course and be glorified in our midst tonight in Jesus' mighty name, and that you would drive out every demonic spirit working through technology, working to steal, kill, and destroy in the name of Jesus. We pray that this word will fall upon good ground, that you would quicken me according to your word, unction me by your Holy Ghost and let your word be like fire shut up in my bones tonight Heavenly Father. Apostle Paul said woe be unto me if I preach not this gospel. Heavenly Father I pray Lord that your gospel your word be preached in spirit and power and demonstration tonight and not with enticing words of man's wisdom. In Jesus mighty name we pray we give you all the glory, all the honor and all the praise in Jesus name. Amen all right, so let's get rolling here tonight. Um, I I have a, uh, this is going to be like prophetic teaching because uh, a lot of this was prophetic utterance where the Lord uh, began speaking to me about this topic. And I'll tell you what really sparked it. What really sparked it was um, seeing um, people who are uh, falling by the wayside in terms of ministry, falling by the wayside. Uh, God wants all of us to be saved and none to be lost. And so do I. And so when I, uh, when, when, you know, when we see these things, people falling away and falling into false doctrine and falling into error, um, then we have a responsibility to help each other up. Amen. And if the only thing I can do is blow my trumpet and sound my alarm to help my brothers and sisters up, that's what I'm going to do because that's, <clears throat> that is what God told me to do. Amen. Um, uh, namely, you know, uh, well, I won't say namely, I'm not going to name drop, but I will say that, you know, there was, uh, there's a few people that are, uh, very well known. They are, uh, they are very well known within the kingdom of God, uh, within the church, uh, 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 realm, so to speak, or what some would call churchdom. Uh, these people, they are well known. They are, they are major voices, um, in the body of Christ. And, um, However, you know, uh, they have turned the word of God into uh, a marketing scheme. They have turned the word of God into merchandise. They have turned the word of God into marketing, uh, you know, begin into uh, uh, a product, marketing a product. And um, because of that, you know, uh, you can you can tell when because, you know, when I go uh, or you know, when I go to their websites, it's full of marketing schemes. It's full of marketing schemes. And the prices uh, for these 
programs and these classes and these courses and these teachings, et cetera, are so outrageous, so outrageous that, you know, um, you know, what, what's, what's the point? It's there, you know, obviously to reach people who can afford it, um, you know, and, and you want to, you know, that's your, that's your little safety net. You want to catch them. And then, you know, the people who can't afford it, well, they don't get the word or they don't get the teaching or they don't get the class, et cetera. And they, they, they use the excuse. Well, we teach a lot of things. We do a lot of things for free. Yes. But, God never told us to make the gospel or the word into a product to product and uh, to market it, package it and sell it. God never told us to do that. The Bible doesn't tell us to do that. The, uh, the Jesus didn't do that. The apostles didn't do that. Why are we doing that? Now, if there's something that I'm missing and you guys want to correct me, go ahead and correct me. But I literally do not understand because I know the scriptures and I know that is not what true sonship is about. Um, and I know that, uh, that that is not what the ministry of Jesus is about. And the Bible says that the earth is waiting and travailing, uh, waiting for the sons of God, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Well, how can the sons of God, sons of God manifest if we're caught up in these pansy schemes and, and, and the doctrine of Balaam and running after error, you know, uh, walking in error. Amen. And so we have to, <clears throat> we have to come out from among them, right? Come out from the world system. Amen. And, and it doesn't mean you don't communicate with people in the world. It means come out from their way of doing things. Don't do things like that, like they do it. And don't take that, that thing and try to apply it to the church. It's not going to work. It's not going to work because this is not about, <coughs> this is not about, uh, sales and marketing. This is about the kingdom of God. Amen. And the gospel of Jesus Christ and, 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 the uh the return of Jesus Christ amen he says when the son of god when the son of god returns will he find faith when the son of god comes will he find faith or will he find foolishness will he find faith or will he find foolishness so you know we we have a responsibility to wake up um the body of christ and and draw a line in the sand so the people can know the difference between the sons of god and the the hirelings amen god god's people need to know and because the a lot of these household name uh preachers are doing these kinds of things they're setting a bad example for those who are up and coming um in the kingdom you know they're beginning to follow in their footsteps because they have not studied the word of god to show themselves approved unto god rightly dividing the word of truth they have not studied the scriptures they don't know the scriptures nor the power of god thus they err amen and so this is what we are here to reveal and to expose tonight amen so we're talking about the sons of god and the lord told me to show them the difference between the true sons of God and the hirelings, between the children of the devil, which are the religious Pharisees of this day, and make the definition clear according to scripture, the Lord said. He said, um, he said, make the definition clear, define it clearly according to scripture. So that's what we're here to do. 
Now, I just want you to know that I do not preach to people. I teach people. I don't preach to people. I teach people. Um, but I do preach to demons. I preach to principalities, powers, and the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places because that's what we are fighting against. And that's who is responsible for this confusion out here. Amen. <clears throat> trying to take my, my people to hell, trying to take my brothers and sisters to hell. And I'm not going to let it happen. Not on my watch. If I can do anything about it, I'm going to keep blowing this trumpet. I'm going to keep sounding the alarm until they know the truth. Amen. Because it is the truth that truly makes us free. True prophets. We come to set things in order. There's a difference between someone who's preaching by the grace of God, but without the anointing, there's there's a difference between someone who is, you know, preaching the letter, right? Which the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. But the true sons of God, and to take it a step further, the true prophets of God, we come to set things in order. Amen. So I'm sorry, my word is not going to be pretty. It's not going to be nice. It's not going to be, you know... Uh, tickle me Elmo. It is going to be setting things in order. It is going to be correction. It's going to be corrective in nature. Amen. Um, this is the reason why people fear uh, real prophets back in the Bible. You know, um, if you look at Samuel, you know, whenever Samuel showed up, they said, do you come in peace? You know, they feared the real prophets of God. We don't see that much anymore today. Amen. Because a lot of the prophets of God and the sons of God have become hirelings. So we're going to look here at our first scripture, which is uh, John 1 and 12. We're going to go here to, to John 1 and 12. I hope you have your Bible. One second. I'm sorry to, to just gulp like that, but I forgot my straw. So gulping it is. <laughs> We're going to go to John chapter 1, verse 12. We're talking about the sons of God, right? Talking about the sons of God. John chapter 1, verse 12. Um, I'm going to start at verse, uh, verse, verse nine here. We all, we all know this passage, right? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life. And the life was the light of man and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. The darkness understood it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness to the light that all men through him might, might believe. Amen. Who was it? It was John. It was John. It was John the Baptist who showed up in the wilderness in a leather girdle eating wild locusts and honey. Amen. No wonder the people didn't. <laughs> comprehend. Amen. They didn't understand because they were looking for that what which was familiar to them. They were looking, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> for that which was familiar to them. But when something shows up that's not familiar, amen, that's when we need to take note. Amen. He It says he was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light which is what we do. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, the true light, the true light we're talking about, which is Jesus. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received 
him not. Verse 12, but as many as received him, as many as received him. Now you say, you know, a lot of people say, they easily say that they have received the Lord Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Have you? Because is he really Lord? Uh, we, we know that he's our savior, but is he Lord of your house? Is he Lord of your temple? Is he Lord of your life? Really? Okay. So it says as many as received him. Well, when Jesus showed up, he came preaching the kingdom of God. And he said, if any man follow me, let him take up his cross and deny himself and then follow me. Amen. Are we really leaving? Are we really receiving Jesus? Because Jesus said, no man putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. That means no man whose, whose heart is half in and half out, half holding on to the things of the world, half holding on to your old life, your former life. Amen. And, and halfway following Jesus, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. This is a kingdom thing. This is a kingdom thing. Sister Shelley, does that mean we have to leave our family? No. What it means is that you have to separate yourself, amen, to follow Jesus so that you can be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Then you can come back and then, you know, you can you actually have something to preach to somebody. You actually have something to help somebody. You don't cut them off. No, you don't cut them off. But you, in order for you to help them, you have to separate yourself to the word. You have to separate yourself to the work of God. You have to separate yourself to the presence of God. Amen. And that can be right in your own house. Amen. It says, even to them, uh, as many as received him, to them gave he power, power, power. Wow. There's, there's something we don't see a lot of in the body of Christ these days to them gave he power <clears throat> to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God but of God, but of God. And it says what the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. So if we are sons of God, then the word must be made flesh. We, we must become the word. Amen. So the word of God, uh, the sons of God carry the word of God. Number one, if you want to write that down, number one, the sons of God, we are one with the word of God. We carry the word of God. We carry the word of God. That's why we have to study to show ourselves approved that we may carry the word of God because we're going to be tried by the word and the word then has to become flesh. It has to become bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. Amen. So we have to become one with the word. Amen. Um, let's go here to Romans, Romans chapter eight, living epistles, Romans chapter eight, living epistles, Romans chapter eight, verse 14 to 19. I'm just looking at my notes. Uh, some of this, the Lord just, uh, you know, gave to me by divine utterance and, and scriptures that he told me to take you guys to. So we're going to go through uh, quite a few little scriptures here, but I'm gonna, I'm talking fast so I can get you out of the way. So we're not here uh, two hours. Amen. All right. Romans chapter eight, verse 14. <coughs> Romans chapter eight, verse 14. 
It says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Who? The spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. And then, and if uh, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And if so, that we suffer with him. It says, if so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Amen. Uh, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present <coughs> of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Verse 19, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. The earnest expectation of the creature or creation waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. The sons of God. And it says what? Suffering. Suffering. So a lot of people don't want to suffer. And that's why they, they come up with these get rich quick schemes and all this kind of stuff. You know, it's 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 really, you know, just another hus uh, hustling scheme. You know what I'm saying? You was a hustler in the world. You know what I'm saying? And now you done brought that thing into the church and you tr trying to turn yourself into an angel of light. Amen. But it's the same thing. It's a hustle. It's a hustle. Uh, we don't want to suffer, though, because in the suffering, the Bible says in the suffering. We become glorified together with Christ. Verse 17, if so be that we suffer with him, we are we, we become joint heirs with Christ. Amen. So we're talking about suffering, which people don't want to do. So they always try to look for the easy way out. Amen. Instead of walking by faith and not by sight, they, they, they take the easy way out and they call it faith. But, but, but the easy way, what they do is they get off the straight and narrow path and they get on the broad path that leads to destruction. Amen. Philippians 2.15. Philippians 2.15. I'm, 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 I'm getting there. Just bear with me. Philippians 2.15. Philippians chapter 2, verse 15. Are you there? Philippians 2.15. It says that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Amen. So this is Apostle Paul talking to the church, uh, talking to the, Philipp uh, the Philippian church here. And he says that the sons of God 
are to be blameless and harmless. Just keep that in mind, harmless, blameless and harmless, right? That means innocent, innocent, without rebuke. That means without fault, without fault. We're, we're going to correct some things in the body tonight. Without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, how can you be a light if you're doing the same thing that they're doing? Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Amen. So how can you be a light if you're if if the same darkness that's in the world is is in you too, amen. That just don't compute, right? First John, go with me to First John chapter three. First John chapter three, verse one to two. We're getting to the good part. Just bear with me. First John chapter three, verse one to two. This is just getting us ready here. First John chapter three, verse one and two. It says, "Behold." What manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Now, when it says sons, it really means children, the children of God, right? Behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knew us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Right? Right? And it's talking to who? The beloved. The beloved. Beloved. Now are we the sons of God, right? It says that when he appears, we shall know him because we shall see him. It says we shall we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. So who is the example? It is Jesus. We are to imitate Jesus, not the world, <clears throat> not the world, nor the things of the world, but Jesus. Right. We shall we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. So first you have to see him as he is. Another reason why our face needs to be in the book until we become it. Amen. Living epistles, right? And it says, verse three, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Everyone who has this hope purifieth himself, even as Jesus or God is pure. Amen. Amen. Even as he is pure. Now, pure, we're talking about pure. That means purification, right? Well, our God is a consuming fire and so are we. <laughs> as his children, we are also to be consuming fires. Welcome, sis. God bless you, sister Nisha. Welcome. Um, as, as his children. So if our God is a consuming fire, then so are we. Fire. Fire is designed to consume, to purge and to purify, to purify. That's what the earth is actually waiting on. The sons of God to purify the earth or to clean this thing up, right? 
So that makes us spiritual law enforcement. That makes us the cleanup crew. <laughs> that makes us the extermination crew, the, the spiritual pest control. Amen. Or, or you know, uh, demon control. Amen. Wherever we see injustice and demonic oppression, it is our job to clean it up. It's our job to clean it up. So that's why I refuse to entertain it nor agree with it. I'm not coming into agreement with that. I love you, but I'm not coming into agreement with that, what you're doing, because God loves us, but he hates what? Sin. It is sin that he hates, right? So, so the sons of God uh, are also flames of fire. The, the Bible just said, the Bible, uh, the word of God just finished telling us, excuse me, in Philippians here, talking about, um, talking about, uh, uh, sorry, not Philippians, Romans, talking about uh, the sufferings, the suffering, right? So uh, another, a lot of, a lot of the reason why um, we have this false doctrine and this watered down word is because a lot of people don't like to, they don't like suffering. They, they see, you know, oh, I'm going through, I'm going through. And we preach a word, you know, to uh, try to somehow um, comfort them, um, encourage them. You know what I'm saying? That you're coming out on the other side, uh, preaching a word that, you know, uh, I, I'm praying for you, brother. I'm praying for you, sister, that, you know, that God will get you out of this. You know what I'm saying? Like this thing will be over, you know, and all this kind of thing, you know what I'm saying? And we massage people instead of, instead of, um, teaching them how to stand up in that fire teaching them how to embrace the fire. See, you see, you see the thin line, the difference. Teaching them how to embrace the storm, become the storm even. Glory to God. If embrace the fire, become the fire. Amen. You know, I tell you guys all the time when I was going through my uh, fiery trials, you know what I mean? Like left, right, back. I mean, like contractions, man, you know, um, and it, and it went on and on and on. It went on and on until I realized th that the Holy Ghost said, stop asking to get out of this thing. I was praying wrong. I realized I was praying wrong. He said, stop asking to get out of the fire and learn how to stay in the fire until you become fire. Because I make my ministers a flame of fire. Miorobo shananamasa. So it's more about becoming like Christ or like God, who is a consuming fire, than trying to get out of the fire, trying to avoid, you know, the fire, running from the fire. You know what I'm saying? Jesus didn't run from the storm. He walked on the storm and he called, he called uh, his disciples to do the same thing, walk on water. This is about becoming like God. This is about us being transformed in the fire, purified in the fire, even as he is pure. It's not about, you know, um, learning how to use 
the, you know, use Jesus as the crutch and, oh, you know, God going to get, God going to get me out of this. Lord, just, just carry me through, you know, and all of that. No, this is about learning how to fight. This is about learning how to become a good soldier, amen, of Jesus Christ, how to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, amen. It's about becoming the fire, you know, and a lot of these classes and things that's, that people are being taught is how to get through, you know, their trial, how to get through <laughs> through their trial. Oh, well, you just need to pray, sister. You just need to fast, sister. You just need to, you know, you just need to trust God, sister. You just need to believe, sister, and all that kind of thing, which all those things are great. Not you, Don't get me wrong, but they leave out the part. You see, it's not about what you see. It's about what you don't see. That's the problem. They leave out the part about embracing affliction. They leave out the part about embracing the fire. Amen. It, you know, they leave out the part about becoming like Christ. They only teach you how to depend on him. They don't teach you how to become like him. Glory to God. That's the difference between the sons of God and Christians. Glory to God. He says, he says that we are spiritual <clears throat> law enforcement in the earth. We're designed, we, we, we were put here in order to dominate. That means to consume. That means to purge and to purify. Salt per, uh, preserves. It preserves. Why? Because it purifies. Fire purifies. Light purifies. Amen. It purifies. Glory to God. It purifies. Let's look here. Um, the Lord said the sons of God are also, you want to jot this down, full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? That we carry the Holy Spirit. We have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe that's the reason a lot of people, you know, are not are not even uh, preaching in power and demonstration, but strictly by grace and not anointed by God because they have not been filled with the Holy Ghost, maybe. I don't know, because where is the fruit of the Holy Ghost? We, we think the evidence of the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues when we forget about the fruit. And we also forget about what? The sevenfold spirit of God. We forget about the sevenfold spirit of God, the characteristics of or the functions of the Holy Ghost in a believer's life or in a child of God's life. The sons of God are full of the Holy Ghost which means we should see fruit, the fruit of the Holy Ghost, the fruit of the spirit, the Holy Spirit in operation. And, 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 and it may be in stages. You might see a little bud here, a little bud there, but at least the fruit is growing, not diminishing. Right. And, and also uh, we should, we should also see the sevenfold spirit of God. Now we forget that the Holy Spirit has a function and a ministry. And part of the function and ministry of the of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit is the sevenfold spirit of God. And, and, and that includes now the spirit of burning and judgment, the spirit of burning and judgment and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. See, but we leave that stuff off, right? 
We say, oh, you know, it's, it's wisdom and counsel and, and, and all of that. Yeah, but the spirit of burning and judgment mm-hmm, and the fear, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. See, a lot of us are doing this foolishness because we don't fear the Lord. We know nothing about burning and judgment, but we say we have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Where is the spirit of burning and judgment? Judgment means bringing justice or correction. Amen. Where, what happened to that? Why we don't want to be, why we don't like to be corrected anymore? Why we don't like the truth anymore? And the sons of God are those that have been also um, anointed. They, the sons of God, they carry, we carry the spirit of Christ. It, does the Bible not say Christ in us, the hope of glory? Well, if Christ is in us, the hope of glory, who is the Christ? Jesus was the man who walked in a flesh body on this earth for 33 and a half years hung, bled, and died on an old rugged cross for you and me. But who was resurrected? <laughs> who was resurrected? It was Christ. It was Christ. Christ, who was here from the beginning of time. Christ, the living word. Christ is the anointing. He is the anointing. Christ is the anointing and, the, and only the anointing destroys the yoke. So we see a lot of preaching that goes on, but there's no yokes are being destroyed. We see a lot of motivational messages and good speeches, you know, and enticing words of man's wisdom, but the yoke is not destroyed. Why? We see a lot of demons manifest but the yoke is not destroyed or the demons don't, don't leave. They're not cast out. They just keep manifesting over and over again, but they don't leave. Do they leave though? And are they scared to come back though? You see, only the anointing destroys the yoke. Isaiah chapter 10, go with me to Isaiah. I'm in the book. Don't worry. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 10. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. Let me get there. It's about to get good, so just hold on to your seatbelt. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. What does it say? It says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Not just destroyed, but destroyed because of what? The anointing. The anointing. Jesus said in Isaiah, uh, 61 and also Luke chapter four, that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Now, Jesus being the man in the flesh, what does that say? That as flesh and blood, sons or children of God, that we are to carry the anointing. Amen. 
And the anointing is there to accomplish a mission or a ministry or a uh, or a uh, job, a work, amen, an assignment. He said, he's, the Lord, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me. If, you're, if there's no anointing, the spirit of God does not come upon you. <laughs> so you're preaching and you're talking, but the spirit of God never comes upon you. Why? The spirit of, of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? He said to preach glad tidings to the meek, etc. Now, what, is the, what does it say here in Isaiah 11, verse 1? It says, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest, what? Upon him. Upon him. The spirit of the Lord. Now, what is the spirit of the Lord? It is the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And of the fear of the Lord. Glory to God. And of the fear of the Lord. And there's another scripture that, that talks about the spirit of burning and judgment. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. Why? Because he's judging according to the word of God. He's judging according to the word of God and what is in the heart of the person. With righteousness shall he judge. Amen. With righteousness shall he judge. I have to find that about burning and judgment because I merged those together and I didn't mean to. First John chapter two, verse 27. What does it say? First John chapter two, verse 27. First John chapter two, verse 27. And verse 27, it says, but the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you and you need not that any man teach you, uh-oh, 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 you need not. Now, some of us want people to teach us. That's why there's teachers in the body of Christ. But it says you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things. But as the same anointing, te the, the anointing, what? That you have received of him, which abides in you, teaches you all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. You shall abide in him. It says, little children, abide in him. Little what? Children, abide in him. That when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If we know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteous is born of him. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
James, go with me to James. What did it say? The, the anointing that we have received of, of the Lord abides in us and teaches us all things. Well, who does that sound like? The Holy Ghost. So if someone is teaching you and they don't, they don't have the Holy Ghost or they're not uh, there, you can tell because there's no unction. There's no quickening. There is no, uh, uh, there is no uh, uh, yoke breaking. You know, there is no um, demonic, uh, uh, there's no deliverance. Now, manifestation and deliverance is two different things. Deliverance is not manifestation. Manifestation is manifestation. Manifestation means that a demon has manifested. Something has come out of has come out of the unseen realm and is appearing in the seen realm, speaking in the seen realm, acting in the seen realm. That's manifestation. But deliverance means the removal of a thing or a person from one place to another. That means moving the demon out. Casting the demon out, expelling the demon. Now demons are moving. They are leaving. Glory to God. There's a difference. Think Just because we can make a demon manifest, that doesn't mean much. It is the deliverance that means much. Glory to God. It's the actual healing, not the talk of healing, not the manifestation of the sick. We see the sick around us all the time, but the actual healing of the sick. Jesus actually healed them. He didn't just look at them. He didn't just get them to manifest. He healed them. He delivered them. James 1 verse 5. Glory to God. James chapter 1 verse 5. What does it say? What does it say? It, uh, verse 5, it says. Uh, let's start at verse uh, verse 2. This is, this is James, a servant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking to who? The 12 tribes. So he's talking to us, um, 12 tribes, which were scattered abroad. He's talking to us. He says, my brethren, yeah, because you were engrafted into this thing. So you're part, uh, of the, uh, you're part of the 12 tribes now, the children of Israel, right? It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers or different temptations or testings, various trials, right? Knowing this, it said, count it all what? Joy. Oh, we don't, we don't teach people to rejoice in tribulation anymore. We don't teach them to rejoice in the trial, rejoice in the fire, rejoice in tribulation, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We don't teach that anymore. What happened to that? What happened to that? It says rejoice or count it all joy when you fall into different or various trials. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Patience. Real faith is supposed to produce patience, right? It says, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now that means that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing, lacking nothing. Spiritually, 
or physically. Amen. Verse five, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally. That means freely, freely, freely. Uh Oh, if any of you lack wisdom, lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives wisdom to all men, what? Freely and upbraideth not. That means without reproach. And it shall be given him. It shall be given him freely. Freely come to the waters and buy. Freely. Freely. With buy without buy milk without price, uh, bread and water without price. That's Isaiah. Ho, come to the waters and buy without price, freely. The gospel is free. It's good news, not bad news, not sad news. Oh, this comes with a price tag, though. That you know, yeah. The the only price tag is the suffering so you can become true sons of God, flames of fire. It, 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 it does not come with a price tag, but we're getting to that. Let's look at the Pharisees, Matthew chapter five, verse 20. We're getting to that because I know you guys want to, uh, you, you got your scriptures ready about how the priests lived off the temple and all that kind of stuff, you know, and how, how apostle Paul said, you know, um, if we minister to you, our spiritual, that you should give, you should minister out of your carnal. We're going to, we're getting to that. Go with me to Matthew chapter five, first verse 20, Matthew chapter five, verse 20. I don't know what uh, time it is, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to get through this quickly tonight. Matthew chapter five, verse 20. We're, we're, we got to clean this up now. Matthew chapter five. Been around the block a few times. That's all. I'm tired of seeing, <coughs> seeing the same thing. Matthew chapter five, verse 20. It says, for I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed, shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. It says what? Except your righteousness shall exceed or go beyond. That means does not look like, is not the same as the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Exceed it, right? That means we got to do better than them, right? Okay. Not, not getting, not getting into the kingdom. No, no, no heaven for us, right? No heaven for us. And except our righteousness exceed that of, of the religious Scribes and Pharisees, are you seeing it? Matthew 23, go with me to chapter 23 and verse, excuse me, verse 25. 
Matthew 23 and verse 25. Let's look at verse 8. Let's look at verse 8. It says, but be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master. So rabbi means what? Master, master. One is your master, even Christ, and all you are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters. Uh-oh. For one, this is Jesus speaking. For one is your master, even Christ. Now, this is Jesus speaking. Jesus was the man in the flesh. <clears throat> These words are, are in red. So this was Jesus speaking. And he was talking to the disciples. And he said, what? Christ, neither be ye called masters. Don't, don't, don't let people call you master. For one is your master even Christ, amen, even Christ, but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant, right? So we're not masters of anything. We are servants and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. I'm in verse 13, King James. For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. You shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. One scripture uh, it talks about, I think it's Isaiah or Jeremiah talks about, they have the keys to, to go in, but they don't go into the door. Neither do they let anyone else in. Why? Because I want you to come to me. I'm not going to show you how to get into the door. I want you to come to me and pay me and I will be the door for you. You see what I'm saying? Pay me for a service. Call me master. What, what, where, where are we going here? Um, we're going to uh, verse 25. Verse 25. It says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, and, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Hmm. That within they are full of what? Extortion and excess. Are we hearing it? We just read Matthew 5 and 20. Yeah. Full of extortion and excess. You know what extortion is? That means I'm 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 charging you too much. That means I am uh 
I am overcharging. That means that I am uh, overdoing it. It means excess. Glory to God. Let's let's look at it. Extortion. Extortion. What does extortion mean? Simple definition. <clears throat> the practice of obtaining something, especially money, through force or threats. It says, example, he used bribery and extortion to build himself a huge art stuffed mansion. So obtaining something through force, you're making it happen. You're not going in, you're not using faith, but you're making it happen yourself. And threats. Well, you say, I didn't, I didn't threaten anybody. Yeah, I didn't threaten anybody, right? No, you didn't threaten anybody. But indirectly, indirectly, we're threatening when we make people believe that they're missing out on something. See, it's all about in the way we present things. It's in the presentation. We're showing what our true motive is. It's in the presentation. It's in the presentation. It's a threat. It's an indirect threat. Extortion. Watch, uh, watch the word. Going back here to the word. Extortion and what? Excess. Within they are full of extortion and excess. Well, excess is talking about self-indulgence. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, self-indulgence, self-indulgence. So it is everything, you know, this is about self. It's not really about the people receiving. It's not really about Jesus. It is about self. Now go with me here to Luke 11. Luke 11, we're just walking through the word for people who, you know, who uh, try to say, you know, we're not in the word. We're, we're walking through the word right now. Luke 11, verse 39. 39 through 44. It says, and the Lord said unto him, now do you Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of ravening, and wickedness, ravening and wickedness. That word ravening, it means grasping or robbery, grasping or robbery. I'm in the King James study Bible now. It means grasping or robbery. You ever heard of the term highway robbery? Highway robbery. Why y'all charging so much just because I'm on the freeway at your little gas station? Why do a bag of chips cost $5, $10 here? Highway robbery. Gas, almost $10 a gallon. Highway robbery, right? It says, your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. You fools. You did not he that made, uh, did not he that made that which is without make that which is within also? This is Jesus talking now, rebuking these Pharisees. He says, he says, but rather give alms of such things as you have. And behold, 
all things are clean unto you. But woe unto you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass over the judgment, what that means justice, and the love of God. These things ought you to have done and not leave the other undone. We pass over justice and the love of God, right? It says, woe unto you, Pharisees, for you love the uppermost seats in the synagogues. You love for your name to be called upon. You know, your name is in lights and all that. And, you know, I'm a prophetess and I'm a this and I'm a that. You know, I am a, 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 or call me prophetess. Call me prophet. Call me apostle this. Call me bishop that. Call me, you know, these titles and all these things. And we say we don't like it. You know what I'm saying? But we can tell when somebody really don't like something because they don't mention it much. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like everywhere you look, they're declaring who they are. They're declaring who they are. Now, when I come on these live streams, because my messages are prophetic in nature and for the purpose of understanding, because I'm actually teaching here, you know what I'm saying? I will remind people because the word I know is harsh. You know what I'm saying? It's a cutting word. And I will remind people because some people don't know that they're new to this. Right. And they they came for, for the cake and the candy and it ain't no cake and candy over here. It ain't no cake and candy over here. Not in this season. Hey, maybe will God give me another message and I'll preach cake and candy. OK, but not in this season. This is what the Lord gave me to preach. And I'm going to preach what he tells me to preach. It says you love the uppermost seats in the synagogues. You love to be looked upon, exalted, and greetings in the markets. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are as graves which appear not, and that men uh, and the men that walk over them are not aware of them. They're not aware of them. What did Apostle Paul say? He said, "Beware, beware." So these people that are passing over these these empty uh, graves, you know, these hypocritical religious people, they, they, they walk over them, over the graves, and they're not aware of them. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what you're walking into. Glory to God. You don't know what, you know what I'm saying? You don't know what it is. And you're just walking into a trap, not knowing that it's false doctrine, not knowing that it's another Jesus that we're selling to you, that we're marketing and packaging, uh, packaging and marketing and selling to you. Glory to God. Glory to God. These people don't, they're not aware. So what do the people need? Discernment. They need to be able to know the word and they need to be so that they can recognize the real from the fake. Luke chapter 12, go with me to chapter 12 real quick. Verse one through three, what does it say? Verse one through three. It says, in the meantime, when they were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trolled one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, right? That word leaven means yeast, 
It rises in you. It makes you proud, boastful, 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 high-minded. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hidden that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever you have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. Listen, we can hear you. And that which you have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. Many of you are hearing it right now. Say, how did they know I was saying that? How did they know? How did she know I said that? How did they know? How did they know? How did they know? Jesus was not religious, you guys. Jesus was not religious. He rebuked the religious scribes and Pharisees, though, and, and he never, ever embraced their religious doctrines. Never, never, never. I love you, but I'm not embracing that. <laughs> I, I'll never embrace that. I'll give you some truth, though. I'll give you this truth. Jesus, who was the son of God, right? He exposed darkness, meaning he exposed sin. What did he say? There is nothing covered that shall not be revealed or exposed. He exposed sin. The Bible says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather what? Reprove them. That means rebuke them, expose them. That's what, the, that's what it means. That's what it means. Jesus, another thing about the sons of God, just not just mark these things down on your little checklist. Another thing about the sons of God or the son of God, which is Jesus. Right. So we he's our he's our example. He was the firstborn among many brethren. He was the forerunner. Right. He came before us. We come to bear witness of the light. Glory to God. Love, that's another thing. The sons of God are sons of love and consolation. Jesus was full of love and passion for God and his people. He would never take advantage of those he loved. So why are we taking advantage of each other? He would never hurt the sheep. Remember David? David slew a lion and a bear trying to protect God's sheep. That's the true spirit of a son of God. Bible says that, Je that David was a man after God's own heart. And what did the Lord say in the, in the end of it all? He said, I will raise up again. I will restore. I will rebuild the tabernacle of David. Amen. We talked about that last week. Jesus would never hurt the sheep. He was, but, but he was a fiery, <laughs> a fiery terror to the goats. And the wolves, <laughs> he consumed them with the fire of his mouth. He consumed them with the fire of his mouth. He cut them down with the sharp two-edged sword. His word. He cut them down. He chopped up Leviathan, that dragon that's in the midst of the sea with his word. Love. God so loved the world. That he gave, not he took, but he gave. Jesus said it this way, it's better to give than to receive. Jesus said to love God with all our hearts, 
with all our strength, right? With all our mind and, and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So are we treating our neighbor the way that we would treat ourselves? You know, are we really? Think about how our neighbor, our brother, our sister would feel about that. And there's your answer. Let's talk a little bit more about this hireling thing. Malachi. Go with me to Malachi. <clears throat> Chapter 3, verse 5. Malachi 3, verse 5. It's about to get good here. Malachi 3, verse 5. It's about to get real interesting now. Because I know, I, know, I know you got your scriptures ready for me, right? Okay. I hope you're a scholar in this thing. Because we don't come to lose. Glory to God. Talking about the Holy Ghost <laughs> and me. Malachi chapter 3, verse 5. Spirit of Elijah is in the house. We don't come to lose. Says, and I will come near to you to judgment. And I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers. Against the what? Against the sorcerers and against the adulterers and against false swearers and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages. Oh, those that oppress the hireling in his wages. That word oppress means to exploit the wage earner. Those that oppress the hireling in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, and that turn aside the, uh, turn aside the stranger from his right and fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. If I were a God who changes, <laughs> but I'm not, then you, got, you all would already be consumed, is what he's saying. Why? Because even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. Saith the Lord of hosts. Now, the Lord of hosts. This sounds more like war to me. This sounds more like God is not happy to me. This sounds more like the Lord of the angel armies to me. This, you know, this sounds more like the line of the tribe of Judah to me. Not Mary had a little lamb talking about the Lord of hosts. So when you wonder, when you ask why my word is so hard, it's because the Lord of hosts said it. Glory to God. Go with me to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. People don't love the truth anymore. People don't love because we we've been so accustomed to itching ears. We got we got itching ears. We've been so we're so accustomed to smooth words. Tickle me Elmo and baby me, you know, baby me. But but God is raising up in time soldiers, arm, uh, warriors, in time warriors. Tell me somebody who enlists in the army and they sitting up there tickling your feet. John chapter 10. Verse 12 to 13. Uh, verse 11, uh, verse, verse, uh, mm -hmm. 
verse seven, it says, then said Jesus unto them, verily, verily, or surely, surely, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. Ooh, so the sheep are only supposed to hear what? The voice of the shepherd. But the sheep did not hear them. So why are we listening to thieves and robbers? I don't know. Verse nine, it says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Gives his life for the sheep, right? But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, runneth away. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and cares not for the sheep because all he cares about is his hire, his money, his wages. What does the word hireling mean here? It means a hired man or woman. Verse 14, it says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. I am known of my sheep. As the father knoweth me, even so know I the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. I lay down my life. I lay down my desires. I lay down my agenda. I lay down my goals, my plans for the sheep, to feed the sheep, to take care of the sheep. David was a little shepherd boy who got anointed king. Why? Because he was faithful over the sheep. He didn't hurt the sheep. He didn't abuse the sheep. Are we seeing it? Are we seeing it? Go with me now to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're walking through the word tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Yeah, because God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, right? So we're walking through the word. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We always walk through the word over here. So we're not, if we're not feeding the word, what are we feeding God's people? And why don't they understand or have knowledge? Why are they being destroyed? Why are they falling into, why are they falling into traps and snares? Why are they being robbed and stolen from then? Because we're not walking them through the word. You sit there and preach a motivational speech, but you won't walk them through the, through the word to give them a full understanding. First, first Corinthians nine, verse nine through 18. It says, for it is written, this, this is apostle Paul speaking for it is written in the law of Moses. Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. 
does God care for oxen? Or saith he it, or is God saying it altogether for our sakes? Now, Apostle Paul is speaking of himself as an apostle or as a leader or a teacher. Amen. In the body of Christ. He says, God is saying this for our sake, that you shall not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. For our sake, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of the hope. Are we hearing it? So it's not wrong to hope, to plow in hope, right? So when we're working and serving the people of God, the word, we are plowing in hope. Hope for what though? Watch this. If we have sown, <clears throat> if we have uh, sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? I know y'all love this scripture, right? <laughs> that is your basis for the foolishness. We sowing unto you spiritual things. It's a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things, but it does not command you to give your carnal things. It does not mean that we manipulate you to give your carnal things. It means that you should want to. Right? So unto us carnal things. That word carnal just simply means material. Material, material things. If we sow unto you our spiritual things, then you should want to sow uh, material things back into us. If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power. Mm, what did that say? If others be partakers of this power or authority <coughs> over you, are not we? So these are people, leaders who have authority over you, right? But we suffer all things. That means we endure all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. That means we're not we're not begging you, we're not asking you to uh, you know, uh make sure that you give your, you know, your last, you know, make sure that you do this or that. No, because we don't want to hinder the gospel of Christ. After you can sit in a service today and you'll sit there through the, through the whole service in fear, because you know, when the offering time comes, you're about to get beat over the head, you know, to give a thousand dollars, $500. So this seed seven, 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 et cetera. Even if you're online, you know the time is coming. That's why most people don't want to go to church. I even saw a video where T.I. was sitting in a church service and he knew, you know, the preacher got up and started talking about money and was looking over there at him. He was like, I got up and walked out. He got in more sense than that. And he's a, he ain't even uh, he ain't even uh, born again. We can see you. We know We know what's up. We know the game. We know the gimmick. Verse 13, it says, do you not know that they which minister about holy things 
live of the things of the temple. Now watch this because y'all love this scripture too. Yeah, they, the, the priests lived off the temple. You know, they lived off the temple. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 you know, that's your reason, right? Yeah. And Apostle Paul is validating this right here. He says, yes, they did. And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. Yes. Even so hath the Lord uh, ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Right? That means the Lord has, 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 has agreed with this, has even commanded this, that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. <clears throat> or if you're preaching the gospel, if you're preaching the gospel and, and not something else, of course. But I have used, Apostle Paul says this, but I have used none of these things. Uh-oh. Neither have I written these things that it should be so done to me. For it were better for me to die than that any man should make my glorying void. That means that, that any man should, should make my voice, my boasting void because he made his boast in the Lord, not in himself. He said, yes, this is true. But see, this, is a, this thing is about motive. So you're using this and, and you're using it to package and market and promote, you know, and to manipulate and to deceive. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I will go deeper. I will go deeper into this. Let me just expose the whole thing about the, the Levitical priesthood for you. Let me finish this scripture here. He says, it were better for me to die. I'm not doing that. The apostle Paul said, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity, it is laid upon me. This thing was laid upon me. I have nothing to glory in this. Yea, woe unto me if I preach not this gospel. I have to do it whether, whether I get a reward or I don't. I still have to do it. Because it was laid upon me. For if I do this thing willingly... I have a reward. That's the reward. If I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. Now, you got to be you got to be a, a, a Bible scholar to walk with me now in this, in, 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 in this word, because I, I, I preach by the word of God. Now, watch this. He says, but if but if against my will. A dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. That means a stewardship of the gospel is entrusted unto me because I did it willingly, not for reward. You see that? You see that? That means that God will not trust you. He will not continue to trust you with his word. You know what that means? Ichabod. It means Ichabod. That's why when you speak, there's no anointing. That's why when you speak, no truth, no, no one is being set free. No yokes are being destroyed. That's why when you speak, when you preach, demons may manifest, but they don't come out. That's why when you speak, you see, no Holy Ghost is bearing witness to your word. Where is the power of God? 
What is my reward then? <clears throat> what is my reward then? He says, verily or surely that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge. Uh-oh. Didn't know that scripture, did you? What is my reward then, Apostle Paul says? Surely that when I preach the gospel, my reward is that I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. So when we are charging for the gospel, we are abusing our power in God. Did you hear that? We are abusing the power that God entrusted us with. Did you, did you, did you hear that? Say, Sister Shelley, what scripture is that? That's 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 9 through 18. All right. Now you say the priests live off the temple, right? They lived off the tithes and offerings, right? Go with me to 2 Chronicles then. 2 Chronicles 31. Because who restored the, the Levitical priesthood? Was it not Hezekiah? Are you with me in the word? Who restored the Levitical priesthood and restructured the Levitical priesthood? It was Hezekiah. 2 Chronicles chapter 31. What did, what did Hezekiah do? What did he say to them? 2 Chronicles chapter 31, verse 2 through 21. What does it say? Now, Hezekiah was, was, was one of the kings that did which was right in the sight of the Lord. That means he, he destroyed the high places and the groves and the images and all them Canaanite idols and, 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 and nonsense, right? It, it, it says he destroyed the, the high places. It says, then all the children of Israel returned in every man to his possession into their own cities. Verse two, and Hezekiah appointed the courses of the priests and the Levites after their courses. That means divisions. Each to each one, to each man, his division or every man, according to his service, the priests and Levites for burnt offerings and for peace offerings to minister and to give thanks and to praise in the gates of the tents of the Lord. Right. He appointed also the king's portion of his substance for the burnt offerings to wit for the morning and evening uh, burnt offerings and burnt offerings for the Sabbath, for the Sabbath and for the new moons and for the set feast as it is written in the law of the Lord. So he went right back to the law of the Lord, right? Moreover, he commanded that the people that dwell in Jerusalem to give, this, here's your scripture now, he commanded the people that dwell in Jerusalem to give the portion of the priests and the Levites that they might be encouraged in the law of the Lord. So it said what? He commanded the people, Hezekiah commanded the people that dwell in Jerusalem to give the portion of the priests and the Levites that they might be encouraged in the law of the Lord. So it was not a commandment. He It says that he um, 
he encouraged them or he, uh, excuse me. Yes, he commanded them to do this, right? That they might be encouraged, but keep reading. Now that portion means the portion due to them, right? Keep reading. It says, and as soon as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of corn, wine, and oil. That's the tithe, the first fruits. As soon as Hezekiah commanded the people to give the, the due portion, to give to the priests their due portion and the Levites so that they could be encouraged, <clears throat> that the, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits or the tithe of their corn, their wine and oil and honey and of all the increase of the field and the tithe of all things brought they in abundantly. Now, this was their decision. He did not command them to bring the tenth or the first fruits or the tithe. He just said to bring, to bring a portion, a portion, right? It's verse six. And concerning the children of Israel and Judah, they dwell in the cities of Judah. They also brought in the tithe of oxen and sheep and tithe of holy things, which were consecrated unto the Lord their God and laid them by heaps. Why did they do that? They did that because they had seen it before. You see, Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. Amen. But it was not a commandment. It was out of his own free will. Well, where did he get that from? Well, Abel, <laughs> Abel brought of his first fruits, right? And gave unto the Lord. And the Bible says that God, that Abel's offering was better than Cain's, that God was pleased with, with Cain, with Abel's offering and not with Cain's. So here it is. So this is something that's not a commandment but it was given out of the free will of their own hearts, right? It says in the, th in the third month, they began to lay the foundation of the heaps and finish them in the seventh month. Um, at, at verse eight, and when Hezekiah and the priests came and the princes came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and all uh, and his people, Israel. So, those, so they had accumulated so much by giving that they, they laid it in heaps. Then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief house of Zadok, answered him and said, since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, and we have, uh, we have had enough to eat. Now watch this word. Watch this word now. Since the people did this, we have had enough to eat and have left over plenty for the Lord hath blessed his people. And that which is left is, is, is this great store or this great abundance. Then Hezekiah commanded to prepare chambers in the house of the Lord. And they prepared them. This is where you get the Malachi three thing, right? He commanded them to prepare chambers in the house of the Lord. And they prepared them and brought in the offerings and the tithes and the, and the dedicated things faithfully over which Conaniah the Levite was ruler and Shimei, his brother, was the next in charge. And it says, Jehiel, Ahaziah, Naah, 
Aziel, Jeremiah, Jezebel, Eliel, Ishmaqiah, Maha, Beniah. They were all overseers under the hand of Conaniah and Shimei, his brother, at the commandment of Hezekiah, the king, and Azariah, the ruler of the house of God. And Kor, the son of Imnah, the, Levi, the Levite, the porter toward the east, was over the freewill offerings of God to distribute. Uh-oh. To distribute the oblations. Now these are what Levites. They they it says that he was over the free will offerings, free will offerings. Yeah, free of your own free what will offerings of God to distribute the oblations to the Lord and the most holy things to distribute. To distribute to distribute, uh-oh, we about to get in trouble now, to distribute the offerings, that word oblations means offerings, to the Lord and the most holy things. It says to distribute. So what does that mean? That means that the things that were brought in, they were brought in in order to distribute so that everyone had sufficient and no one lacked anything. Everyone ate, everyone, you know, everyone's needs were taken care of and no one had lack of anything. Well, doesn't that look like Acts, the Acts church, Acts chapter two, when they sold their lands and everything and they brought and laid the money at the, at the feet of the apostles. I talked about this last week and they didn't do it at commandment. The apostles did not command that. They didn't even ask for that. You know, but they did that and they did it so that there would be abundance. Well, where did they get that from? You're looking at an Old Testament. Old Testament. So the this was this was tradition. This was tradition. They knew to do this because they because they had been they had seen it before or they had heard it before from their ancestors. Well, this is how we did it. So you have the Acts church, the Acts church or the first church uh, in the book of Acts doing the same thing. Why? The Bible says, Acts chapter two, very clearly that so that the people had had no lack, so that the people had no lack, right? So what did it say? It said Hezekiah commanded them to bring, <laughs> to bring, um, commanded them uh, to bring and give the portion of the priests and the Levites, give a portion to the priests and the Levites. Why? Because they were ministering uh, uh, the law or the word of God, right? They So that they would be encouraged in their ministering. They would be encouraged in the law of the Lord. That means that they were ministering to the Lord. They were ministering uh, the law of the Lord to the people or the word of God, as we know today. And they want, and they, and, and he wanted to encourage them. See, that's how you encourage somebody by sowing and giving, giving back. Right. Or as pastor Isaiah says, don't dine and dash. You know what I'm saying? Now we don't, ex we're not asking you to give your last or any, please don't give your last. In fact, you know, and we understand that we're in a pandemic and everybody can't give and everybody can't even tithe. So this is not a commandment to take care of me. 
This is, and this is not me packaging and marketing uh, the, the gospel either, peddling the gospel. This is you giving in order to encourage those who work in the law of the Lord, who serve the word of the word of God to you. Give them the portion, give them a portion. Now, it said to the priest and the Levites. Now, watch this. To the priest and the Levites. Well, if you are not, listen, do you know what those Levites and those priests had to do in order to, uh, in order to, uh, maintain that office they were given ordinances they were given ordinance ordinances by god themselves they were under ordinance themselves and and they were they lived off the temple that means that they didn't have listen they did not do what they wanted to do they couldn't live in sin they couldn't do what they wanted to do and and also furthermore they had uh they came in and out of the temple. Some of them lived in the temple and they, those were the eunuchs, but other ones had, had houses among the people. They had tents among the people, which meant they had families and, and, and they also, guess what? Had other work outside of the temple, outside of the temple. Where do you get that, Sister Shelley? Well, if you keep reading there in Second Second Chronicles um, 31, if you read all the way down to verse 21, you're going to see it. What does it say? Um, verse, uh, let me, let me, let me show you this. Verse 15, it says, and, and next were next to him were Eden and Mit. I can't pronounce some of these names. Miniamin and Jeshua and Shekiah and Mariah, Shekaniah in the cities of the priests in their set office to give to their brethren by courses as well as to the great as to the small. Watch this. Beside their genealogy of the males. Um, let me get to it here. Uh, verse 17. Both to the genealogy of the priests by the house of their fathers and the Levites were from 20 years old and upward in their charges by their courses. Okay. And to the genealogy of all their little ones, all their what? Their little ones, their wives, their sons, their daughters throughout all the congregation. So these priests and these Levites, <coughs> excuse me, had families. It says to all of their little ones, wives, sons, and daughters, where did the family stay? They didn't live in the temple with them. They lived in the tent outside. So these men had families. They had homes outside the temple, like we see today. It says for uh, uh, throughout all their congregation, for in their set office, they sanctified themselves in holiness. So uh, in their office or their job or their uh, administration as a priest or Levite, they had to be sanctified holy. That's where you get, you know, uh, you know, when the, when the priest was, when the priest was in sin or if the priest sinned, sinned against God, then, you know, they had those little bells on their ephod. And, you know, when they went into the temple, if, if, uh, if those, if those bells, um, weren't ringing, you know what I'm saying? If you couldn't hear 
those bells, that means that one of them fell into sin and they and they died in that temple and they drug them out of that temple. Amen. So this was a serious thing. Yeah, we, we're not going to we're not we don't we don't hear that anymore. You know, people provoking you uh, to live a sinless life or to not sin, to not sin against God. You know what I'm saying? We just preach, you know, uh, compromise, grace, grace, grace. And God understands and God knows you got flesh, but we don't preach to live a sinless life. But these men, they were without sin. So put yourself in that category as a priest or a Levite. Then you actually deserve what you're asking for. Watch this. Watch this. It says 19 and also of the sons of Aaron, the priests, which were in the fields of the suburbs of their cities and every several city, the men that were expressed by name to give portions to all the males among the priests and to all that were reckoned by genealogy among the Levites. Um, in the fields, those that which were in the fields of the suburbs of their cities, in the fields of the suburbs of their cities, where is this? In the common lands of the suburbs of their cities. Where is this that I'm looking for? Uh, where is this that I'm looking for? Hold on. Let me grab this for you. You see, they, they had families outside. Of the temple. So they had homes. Or tents outside of the temple. Let me grab this scripture because I think I wrote that one down wrong. Bear with me one second. Let me grab this for you. Hold on because... Uh, One second. Let me grab this and make sure I got this scripture right for you. Yeah. Okay, here it is. I wonder if I, uh, hold on, guys. Hold on. Okay. Did, did I shut off? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering, I was trying to see if, um, it's okay. Let's go, let's go here. 
let's go here to um Hold on. The offerings of the temple. Sorry. Okay. Here it is. Sorry about that, you guys. Okay. <clears throat> so... King Hezekiah was the one who reestablished the organization of the priests and the Levites, right? They had specific duties, right? These included the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings, right? And they took part in temple worship, giving praise and thanks in various parts of the temple. Now, um, the, the king told the people of, or the children of Israel to bring the offerings to which the priests and the Levites were entitled, so they could give all their time and requirements of the law of the Lord, all their time to the requirements of the law of the Lord, so that they could attend upon the law of the Lord. As soon as the order was given, I'm just backtracking because I, that was a long pause there. As soon as the order was given, the people of Israel, they brought the gifts, their, their, their corn, their wine, their, their oil, their honey and all that kind of stuff. They brought the tithes of everything they had. And, um, and uh, and they brought them in, you know, into the uh, the temple. And if you keep reading here, you're gonna see. You're gonna see that Aaron's sons, the priest, right? These were. Uh, these were priests who had families, right? They had families, they had wives, they had children and all that kind of thing, right? And it wasn't just Aaron's uh, sons either. It wasn't just Aaron's sons either. Um, but it wasn't just Aaron's sons. But these were, where did I, where did I read this here? These were, um, these offerings were given to the Levitical priest. Okay. Question is, did these priests, since they had families outside of the temple, did they only live off of the money or the, the offerings that were taken from the temple? Well, the tribe of Levi had no specific inheritance of their own. I, 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 I think it's after chapter 30, 31. That's why I'm going this route. They had no territorial inheritance within Israel. The Levites had their own individual homes where they lived when they weren't on duty at the temple. They worked in the fields. That's why the scripture says they're the fields. They were in the fields of the suburbs of their cities because they worked in the fields around them to provide some of their own support. But when they were not on duty in the temple, because they came in and out of the temple, you remember they were, when they weren't on duty in the temple, they were fed and clothed from the offerings that the, um, that the, uh, excuse me, when they weren't on duty at, 
you know, working in the fields or work doing their own work, they came into the temple. And when they were uh, when they were on duty in the temple, they were fed and clothed from the offerings which the worshipers brought. So the people brought the offerings to help care for these priests. Right. So these priests, what I'm trying to say is that. They had uh, they had to make up from for their lack of full time work in the field. Right. This was why they needed to be encouraged in this way was because they were taking time away from their their day to day work or their day to day occupation, so to speak. Right. To work in the temple and serve the people. So since they were serving the people in the temple, this is why the king commanded, King Hezekiah commanded for the people to give a portion to the priests so that the priests could be encouraged in their, in their temple work and, you know, in their um, ministering in the temple. So it does not mean that they lived off of the temple. They did not live completely off of the temple. They were they received offerings from the temple, a portion, but majority of, of what was gathered was for the purpose of not taking care of the priest. It was for the purpose of distributing throughout the children of Israel, distributing throughout. Um, what does it say here to uh, verse 14 to distribute throughout the camp? The offerings were distributed equally. They were distributed. So what, 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 where are we getting off here? We're getting off because when we receive offerings from the temple or from the people, first of all, we lie, we manipulate, we twist the scripture in order for people to give. Most of us are doing that. And then the money that they give, we don't distribute anything back out among the people. We take all of that money for ourselves or God. You know what I'm saying? We give it to God, right? But the, this money was distributed among the people and also to care for the needs of the temple. In the New Testament church, Acts chapter two, you will see that they were, you know, they were, they, they were establishing, they were building churches. Today we have building funds, but the building funds say, you know, you don't see a church for, for, for 10 years. We'd be collecting building funds for like five and 10 years and nothing has ever manifested or showed up. No building has showed up. So where is the money going? Where is the money going? And we're even furthermore being told not to question where the money is going, not to ask where the money is going. Well, it's your money that you worked and sweat for that you were connived out of and you're being told, don't worry about what, what we're doing with the money. Don't worry about it, right? Don't worry about it. So when we're collecting money from this people, I'm, I'm still in the spirit. When we're collecting money from these, from these people, and 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 most people have been uh have have been uh conditioned you know not to worry about it not to worry about it then we're just giving 
And then suddenly we see what's being done with the money. We don't want to believe it though. You know what I'm saying? We see new clothes showing up. We see new suits. We see new car. We see new house, no building yet. You know, lights getting turned off in the church, you know, electricity getting turned off in the middle of the summer, no AC. We seeing all this kind of stuff. We seeing new stuff showing up in your house and all that, but you have been, you know, have you been distributing? Did you distribute anything? Did you sow anything back into that ministry or back into that temple? You know what I'm saying? That was not for you to go buy a Gucci bag. That was not for you to go buy a new, a, a new chain. You know what I'm saying? Or a new car. That was for you to invest back into the work of God and also to distribute, to make sure that those who gave the money, that's their blood, sweat, and tears. Those who gave can also receive something. I know you don't want to hear that, but it's just, it's just the, the truth. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. So they could receive something. Well, when you look at Acts chapter two, when you look at Acts chapter two, let's look at it real quick and I'll prove this to you. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll prove this to you because you see, we see this stuff happening in the church. And then we get online and we start these online ministries and these online things, right? And we try to apply that, that principle. First of all, you're not a priest or a Levite. You haven't sacrificed enough to be called a priest or a Levite like that, to be, to be uh, who commanded the people to give anything to you. First of all, let's just start there. This was king, the, the king commanded the priests to receive their portion. So God commanded them to give you money and you live in any kind of way and you sleeping with women, you know, sleeping with women in the church. You, 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 you know, you looking for husbands and, and why, I mean, come on. God commanded that. Did God command that? Did God command that? I know what I'm talking about. I've lived that. I have lived it. I have seen it with my own two eyes and I was even a participant. So I know what I'm talking about. I've been processed. I've been corrected. I know what I'm talking about. Acts chapter two. What does it say? I mean, not Acts chapter two, Acts chapter. Um, where are we here? Acts chapter, uh, yeah, Acts chapter two. I'm, I'm right. Acts chapter two. Let's start here at verse, um, forty-two. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. How many signs and wonders are being done in your ministry? How many people are actually getting free, getting delivered, getting healed, getting yokes destroyed off of them? How much truth are you actually preaching that is setting the captive free? 
It says, many signs and wonders were done by the apostles and all that believed were together. Now the apostles were, they were, they were once what? Disciples. They were disciples first. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Because you should look like him then. You should look like him. Your ministry should carry the markings of Jesus Christ. The markings. It says fear, it, it, verse 44, it says, and all that believed were together and had all things common. They had all things equal and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Who told them to do that? Bible doesn't say, nobody told them that, right? It says, and they continually with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. No one had any need. No one had any need. Skip over to chapter, chapter four, verse 32. It says, and the multitude of them that were, that believed were on, were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Great power and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution, 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 distributed, the apostles distributed unto every man according as he had need. Did you see that? Did you see that? They came and brought the money and laid it down at the apostles' feet, the money and the things that were sold, right? And laid it down, excuse me, the money from the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. Now, many want to be apostles, call themselves apostles, call themselves pastors, call themselves prophets, etc. Because there's money involved. You think because there's money involved. Because the scripture says, oh, they came and laid the money down at the apostles' feet. That's all you heard. And you took off and started a church, started a ministry, started an online ministry, etc. So, oh, I don't need no job. The people gonna take care of me, right? It says, and distribution though was made unto every man according as he had need. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Now, are you do you, are, do you really want to be the church? It says, and Joseph, who was <coughs> who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas which is interpreted the son of consolation, the son of consolation. Now watch, watch Barnabas now. The son of consolation, that means encouragement. Well, what did we just read over there? What did we just read over there in second Chronicles? That King Hezekiah told the people to give to these priests so that they would be what? Encouraged. See, this thing is line upon line and precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. Every word is established. Now watch it. It says he was, Barnabas was the son of consolation or the son of encouragement. That word consolation means encouragement. 
And it says he was a Levite. Oh, oh, he was a Levite. Well, we just finished looking at the Levitical priesthood, right? And what was going on there. So he was a Levite and of the country of Cyprus. Having land, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. He had seen it before. He knew before because his previous generations, his Levitical generations before him, ancestors before him did the same thing. And how many know that we pass down our traditions from generation to generation? One tells the next generation of what we did. This is how we do it, right? So that's how it ended up here in the Acts church. So he, he, let, he, he sold this land, a piece of land that he had. It didn't say lands. It said land, <coughs> land. It said he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, maybe he just had one piece of land and he sacrificed it, right? But nobody told him to. He did it because he was he, he wanted to encourage. He wanted to help. He wanted to console. As In verse 34, it says, as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them. And brought the prices of the things that were sold. So there you see it again. And we say, well, what about Ananias and Sapphira, Sister Shelley? Well, Ananias and Sapphira did not get in trouble because they did not give uh, to, to the apostles or to uh, didn't give uh, their money. Nor did they get in trouble because they lied uh, about the money. They got in trouble because, uh, excuse me, nor did they get in trouble because they uh, kept back part of the price. They they got in trouble because they lied about the price. That's why they got in trouble. They lied because they didn't. They lied when they didn't have to lie, and they lied to the Holy Ghost, thinking they were lying to a man. Peter said, "No, you didn't lie to me. You didn't lie to us. You lied to the Holy Ghost. You lied to the Holy Ghost." He said, when it was in your possession, was it not yours? Could not you have done whatever you wanted to do with it? You didn't have to sell it. We didn't command you to do that. We didn't ask you for anything. But, but God's judgment fell on them swiftly because they lied to the Holy Ghost. That's what that was about. And when you look in Malachi 3, 3, and, 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 and people are using this scripture, will a man rob God? He, God was not talking to the, the people. He was talking to the same Levitical priesthood. He said, oh, ye priests. He was talking to the priests. And why was he talking to the priests? Because the priests were taking the money, the, uh, the offerings and the tithes, and they were robbing God because they were not distributing them back out among the people. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Well, the storehouse is the place where we store up the goods so that we can distribute among the people so that no one has any lack. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we got to correct the cracks in the foundation. And y'all want to use these scriptures, but you're not Levitical priests either. Did you sacrifice anything they sacrificed? 
you know, you know, couldn't grow hair on their body. They had to stay shaving all the time. You know, uh, some of them were eunuchs. They couldn't even, they couldn't even uh, have children. They couldn't even, you know, enjoy uh, 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 sexual intimacy with a husband or, a, uh, excuse me, with a wife. Cause they were men, by the way, you know what I'm saying? So, so, you know, if, if you're not living under those, under that yoke, then you don't deserve that. You don't, you're not worthy of that. Especially you that are sleeping with women in the church, the sons of Eli, you don't deserve that. Second Corinthians two 17 says this, we might have to finish this on Thursday. Second Corinthians two 17. Cause there's, there's, there's quite a bit, uh, quite a bit more here. I took too long on that part because I lost my, uh, my scripture, but second Corinthians chapter two, verse 17, watch this word. We got to stop this nonsense. This is not what sons of God do. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse 17. It says, it says, for we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God or from God in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. That word corrupt means peddle by trickery. For we are not as many which peddle the word of God by trickery, but we are sincere. Being from God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Amen. Now, I suggest you read that in the King James Version. I suggest you read that in the New Living Translation. I suggest you read that in the New International Version, because even though that one is watered down, it still has the same meaning. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse 17. Read it. Read it. Matthew 7 and 15. What does it say? Matthew 7 and 15. We're in the book. What does it say here? Give me just a few more minutes. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. It says, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. There's that word again, ravening wolves. You shall know them by their what? Their fruits. You shall know them by their fruits. Well, what is their fruit? Their price tag. They're going to always ask you. They're going to tell you, in fact, how much how much they want you to give. And they're going to say, God said, give it. They're going to say, God, God said you need to sow $1,000. God said you need to sow $3,000. God said you need to sow $300. God said you need to, you see? You shall know them by their fruits. Or I'm charging $1,000 for this. Well, what if the person can't afford $1,000? Oh, well, I just pray for you that, you know, the Lord will open a door of finances. You know, and that person gets turned away from knowledge that you have, that you call secret private knowledge that God only showed or released to you. Why wouldn't you want to share it with the world for free if God gave it to you? Because God said freely as you have received and we should freely give. And it says give expecting nothing in return. We are plowing in hope. 
our reward is that we don't corrupt the gospel. That's our reward. It says, you shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Can you get a grape out of a thorn? Can you get a fig out of a thistle? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. And every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. And then he proceeds, this is Jesus. And then he proceeds to talk about, now, now previous to that, he's talking about entering in at the straight gate or the narrow way. That means it's difficult, but walk in that way. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in that way. But straight or narrow is the way that leads to eternal life and few there be that find it. Then he begins to talk about these false prophets, these wolves in sheep's clothing. And then he said he begins to talk about how that not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. You're going to say that did not do this in your name and did not do that in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, workers, you're professional at this thing. You're a worker of iniquity for I never knew you. Oh, you cast out devils in my name. I never knew you. Did you do the will of my father? Did you do it the way I, I, I told you to do it? I, oh, you didn't? Okay, well, I, I, I never knew you. I never knew you. You've been working iniquity. You've been working iniquity. I don't work iniquity. You know what iniquity is? Lawlessness. You're 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 working iniquity. I don't I don't I don't know you. You're practicing lawlessness. You're practicing lawlessness. Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 27. What does it say? Ezekiel 2:27. Let's look at Ezekiel real quick. Chapter 2, verse 27. We got to root this stuff out of the foundation. The foundation is, is faulty. Cracks in the foundation. The build, That's why the building is caving in. That's why the church is caving in. Correct the foundation. Then we're moving. Then we're doing something. Then the walls can go up. Glory to God. Ezekiel chapter three. I know a lot of y'all don't even care about this because you're not, you don't have the spirit of Nehemiah, but Nehemiah wept when he saw that the house of God, the walls were torn down. He wept over Jerusalem. You know, he wept and he went to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. That's what I'm doing tonight. Ezekiel 2.27 Hold on, is Ezekiel 2 or 3 and 27? This is Ezekiel 2.
verse five or verse four, it says, for they are impudent children and stiff hearted. I do, I do send thee unto them and thou shalt say unto them, thus saith the Lord God. And they went, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear for they are a rebellious house yet shall they know that a prophet has been among them. Yet shall they know that a prophet has been among them. I don't think that was the scripture that I was looking for when I wrote down Ezekiel 2 and 27. It's talking about, uh, it's a scripture it's, it's, it's in Ezekiel it's talking about the hireling, oppressing the hireling. Bear with me. Because I was moving through this kind of kind of quickly uh, because I was trying to. I have to bring that one to you on Thursday. Sons of Eli, sons of Belial, sons of Eli. First Samuel chapter two. Let's just keep moving. First Samuel chapter two. I know it's a lot of word tonight, but, you know, we're, we're laying it out clearly so that everyone can understand. First, first Samuel chapter two, verse 12. It says, now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. Sons of who? Sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. Uh-oh. Sons of Belial, you know what that means? Worthless men. They, it says that because they knew not the Lord, when we don't know the Lord and we're trying to walk in the office of a priest, carry the office of a priest, we become worthless. It says, and the priest custom was, uh, with the people was that when any man offered a sacrifice, the priest servant came while the flesh was in seething with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand and struck it into the pan or ke or kettle or cauldron or pot, all that the flesh hook brought up, the priest took for himself. So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. Uh, it says that uh, also before they burnt the fat, the, now these were, they were, they were uh, offering animals here. And they and before they burnt the fat, the priest servant came and said to the man that sacrificed, give before they what? Before they burnt the fat, <laughs> the priest servant, the priest, the sons of Eli, the sons of Belial, they sent their servants to go and say, give flesh to roast for the for the priest, for he will <coughs> for he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw. If any man said unto him, let them not fail to burn the fat presently. I know this doesn't mean much to you. It's, it's kind of confusing. And then take as much as thy soul desired. Then he would answer him, no, but we shall give it. No, but you shall give it to me now. And if not, I will take it by force. So this was the priest servant that came and said, prepare it this way for the priest. And then give it to me first. And if you will not give it to me now, I will take it by force. 
If you will not give it to me, I will take it by force. Are you hearing that? Are you hearing that? Are you seeing that around church dumb? If you won't get if you won't give it to me, I'll find a way to get it from you. I will take it by force. I will conjure up a scheme and take it by force. I will conjure up a plan and take it by force. But I'm going to get it from you one way or another. Hirely. Hirely. See, this is about motive. Wherefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. For men abhorred the offering of the Lord. That word abhorred means despised. Now you're causing men to, the people to despise giving offerings to the Lord. Because you... are polluting the offering. You're polluting giving time. You're polluting it. You're perverting it. It says, but Samuel ministered to the Lord being a child girded with a linen ephod. Samuel ministered to the Lord. See, these, these priests, these sons of Eli wanted to be ministered to. They wanted you to give to me first. But Samuel wasn't thinking about no all, all of that, no offerings. He was just a child. It says that he ministered before the Lord. He ministered before the Lord. He ministered to the Lord. Verse, skip to verse 29. It says, this is the Lord speaking to Eli or rebuking Eli because of his sons. He said, the Lord says, wherefore or why kick ye at my sacrifice and my offering, which I commanded in my habitation and honorest thy sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people makes your sons fat with the chiefest. You know what the chiefest means? That word chiefest means strength, or excuse me, means best. You make yourselves fat with the best of the offerings of my people, Israel. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of your father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And them that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. It says, behold, the days come that I will cut off the arms. I will cut off the arms. I will cut off the arms uh, and uh, of thy father's house. I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house. There sh that there shall be not an old man in thine house. I will cut off your extension. I will cut off your future generations. I will cut off your sons that they will not produce any more future generations, that there will not be a, an old man in your house. It says, and thou shalt see an enemy in thy habitation and all the wealth which God shall give Israel. And there shall not be an old man in thy house forever. And the man of thine, whom I shall not cut off from mine altar, shall be to consume thine eyes and to grieve thine heart. 
and all the increase of thy house shall die in the flower of their age. And this shall be a sign unto thee that shall come upon thy two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, which were the sons of Eli. In one day they shall die, both of them. In one day they shall both die. And I will raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house and he shall walk before my anointed forever. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left in thine house shall come and crouch to him for a piece of silver and a, mor and a morsel of bread and shall say, put me, I pray you, into one of the priest's offices that I may eat a piece of bread. So you see where this mentality is coming from? You see where it's coming from? It's the sons of Eli. They were sons of Belial. They were sons of Belial. Read that one in the New Living Translation. First Samuel chapter two, verse 12 to 18, and then verse 29 to 36. Read that. I'm in the King James, but read it in the New Living Translation. It paints the picture very clear for you. It paints it very clear for you. I don't have time to do that tonight um, in both translations. Um, quite a bit uh, more to get through here. We're going to be talking about Baal. We're going to be talking about Plutus. We're going to be talking about Dagon and Mammon. What did Jesus say? He said, you cannot serve God and Mammon. So there's only two choices, right? But we're going to look at these Canaanite pagan gods that were known for wealth, material riches, fertility, right? And we're going to see what the Bible says about them, what the Bible says about them, because this is what leads up to Matthew 6, 24, where Jesus said, you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon came from somewhere, in other words. So Thursday night, we're going to finish off here and we're going to talk about Baal. We're going to talk about the roots of mammon. Okay. We're going to be talking about Baal. We're going to be talking about Dagon. You remember Dagon, right? First Samuel chapter five. And then we're going to be talking about Plutus, which is not in the Bible, but it is a Greek God, a pagan God that also uh, is is uh, known for material wealth or riches because this mentality came from somewhere. You see, we're going to the root of the matter, the root of the matter, the root of the matter. So we can stop settling. So we can stop settling for, you know, for something, uh, for this false, <coughs> this false uh, gospel of merchandise, you know, and we can understand motive and we can understand that mammon is not our God, right? And we can understand what's actually driving, what spirit is actually driving the heart of these people, what's actually driving their decisions, you know, what, what the decision of what, what they're selling, how they're selling it, how much they're selling it for, if they're price gouging or not, highway robbery or not. It's about motive. It's about motive. It's about motive. Remember the Tower of Babel. It is about motive. It's not that God doesn't want you to build anything. It's not that God doesn't want you to have anything. But in what name and whose name are you building it to? And why are you building it? It's about motive. 
I wish we could hear it tonight. I wish we could really hear that tonight. Because you'll sit up there and say, no, you know, you got a spirit of poverty. You gonna, you know, you want people to be broke and, and be, you know, working and stuff and not getting. No, 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 no. This is about motive. It's about motive. It's about if we're doing it God's way or not. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? Did he do that? Okay, then. Why did he not do it, though? Let's dig a little deeper. Why did he not do it? Do it. You, we never saw that in the Bible. And you say, well, we're living in a new time and a new day. You know, people, we got to upgrade our technology. We got to upgrade our hard drive. You know, that's the, that's the answer they used to give me in church when I used to ask questions about stuff. Oh, you're out of date. No, I'm in the Bible. I'm in the Bible. And God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Age to age, he remains the same. And he provides for us just the same. Just the same. The just shall live by faith just the same. Just the same. Are, are we getting it? So, so you know, we're, we're going to finish this off on Thursday because we're already too too. Two hours, 32 minutes, and I did not even uh, finish this. But we're going to, we, we're about halfway through. We're going to finish this on Thursday night, and we're going to pick up talking about the spirit of Baal, the spirit of Plutus, Dagon, and Mammon, the progression there. How did we get here for understanding and for knowledge's sake, right? How did we get here? And how do we get out? Glory to God. So we're going to be talking about that Thursday night. I'm not going to hold you anymore. God bless you. I love you. Um, I pray that you received something, that you grasp something, uh, a greater understanding, a greater level of knowledge from this message tonight. And I pray that it opened your eyes tonight. We're opening the eyes of the blind over here. We're opening the eyes of the blind. We want, to, we want our people to see. We want to be able to discern. We want to be able to discern by the word, by the scripture. We want to be able to try the spirit to see whether it be of God, because if it's not lining up with the scripture, then it's not of God. You understand? So that's why we're doing all of this and all these long teachings and, 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 and things like that. So um, make sure that you give this uh, a thumbs up. Leave a comment if you were blessed, if you were in, if you were uh, encouraged, if you were helped by this message. Share the video with someone who needs it, please. Make sure that you're following and that you are subscribed so you don't miss any future messages because we will we will be continuing this on Thursday night. Amen. And if you are, if you would like to give, if you would like to sow into this ministry. If you would like to give out of the abundance of your own free will and your own heart, then the information is uh, here on the screen. I'm adding it uh, here on the screen here at the bottom of the screen. Or you can go to my website, IamDivinity.com. The link is in the bio on Instagram. And you can go to IamDivinity.com forward slash uh, support or donate. I forget what the, what it's, the page is even call. But if you would like to sow or to support, to help me spread this, this truth, you're, and I, and I, 
Everything is clear on the page, by the way. I don't just ask people, you know, I don't just um, uh, expect people to give and not know what they're giving to. You know what I'm saying? Not know where the money is going. It's very clear there where the money is going, where the money will go. And then you furthermore, you see where it's going when you see the different changes that are being made in order to progress this gospel, progress this this word. Amen. Um, everything is right there. Everything is right there. Nothing hidden. Amen. Nothing hidden. So, you know, feel free if you want to do that. And the information is on the screen for those who are watching by way of YouTube and by way of Facebook. Um, you can give there as well. Amen. So um, I love you guys and I will see you back here Thursday night, <clears throat> 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're going to be talking about Mammon. We're going to be talking about Dagon. We're going to be talking about Plutus. We're going to be talking about Baal. We're, go we're going back to the root, back to the root so that we can repair the foundation. Glory to God. Repairing the cracks in the foundation. Amen. So um, I'm going to let you guys go. I love you so much. Take care. Have a wonderful night. May this word be sealed to your heart and may it produce a harvest of righteousness in your life, a harvest of integrity and sincerity in your life, a harvest of holiness in your life, a harvest of truth and freedom. We shall know the truth and the truth shall make us free in your life in Jesus mighty name. May it produce the spirit of Christ in you, the hope of glory, who is the son of God, the son of God in your life, in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you and see you Thursday. Amen. Mm -hmm.